Hi, welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur's Ultimate Tax, where we uncover the true costs and threats to the entrepreneur's path to prosperity. In this episode, I talk with Michael Atias, entrepreneur and founder of CaterZen, the first web-based catering software to serve both drop-off and off-premise caterers in the restaurant catering, contract food service, and grocery niches. Michael started in the restaurant business at the age of 16, washing dishes, and worked his way up the ladder. Just out of college, he started one of the first Corky's barbecue franchises just out of Nashville, Tennessee. Challenged with building restaurant and catering sales, he discovered direct marketing. Mastery of direct marketing led Michael to build a $3 million a year operation out of a 104-seat restaurant with catering sales over a million dollars. His software company, CaterZen, was created out of his frustration with the lack of viable catering platforms to address the specific needs of operators. By marrying his passion for sales and marketing with a strong background in operations, his catering software solution was developed. Michael, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Good. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely excited to get an opportunity to talk with you um, just about your background and about a little bit about CaterZen. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your journey in terms of how you got to this point of building a software like CaterZen and what you sure. do for restaurants? You know. The old, old thing, I'm an overnight success after 40 years. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people look at it as, hey, if I'm not president of the company within three years, I need to go do something else. Yeah. And literally, I just sort of stumbled in, in the what next, what next. Like, I never intended to even have a job in the restaurant industry, but I couldn't hmm. find a job. A buddy of mine got me a job as a dishwasher hmm. at a restaurant. Okay. And I did such a bad job, they made me busboy within a month. <laughs> and then I just, you know, I became one of the top bus boys there. I went to my boss and I said, Hey, you're working real hard, making out the schedule. Why don't you let me do that before you take it off your plate? Well, I didn't do it to be nice. I did it so I could pick my schedule and not have to work Saturday nights because that was mm -hmm. going out. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they, they, they did this big addition and I talked to them into letting me do a marketing promotion to launch it. Like I had no experience. Mm -hmm. Then I went to Corky's barbecue in college and weighted tables. Hmm. Um, I was the guy who got their gift certificate program off the ground. And I hmm. also got their rib shipping overnight, hmm. which I shouldn't even tell the story. It's a little, little shady, but you know, when you're a college kid, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I went to the owner Corky's. I said, you know, the rendezvous in Memphis is shipping ribs. We should be shipping ribs because I don't know how to ship ribs. I said, I'll figure it out. So mm -hmm. I called the owners of the rendezvous said I was a college kid doing a paper on distribution. Can you tell me how you ship ribs? Yeah. So I figured out how to ship ribs. And now Corky's does a ton of rib shipping. Wow. So I've sort of had marketing in my soul. And when I was working at Corky's, they did a lot of drop-off catering. Like, I mean, every Friday they'd have 10, 20 orders going out to hmm. pharmaceutical reps, doctor's offices, companies. And I mean, it was just, they had two, three people on the phone. The manager hmm. spent an hour a day calculating production. Hmm. And I thought, why are you doing this by hand? Asking the same person every day you know, how to take order, you know, what's your name, what's your address? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, you should know me. I ordered three times a week. Yeah. I said, you should pay to have a, a program written. If I knew how to program, I probably would have written something. Yeah. So I had the idea for this in, back in college. And then I ended up getting graduating college, getting a job in sales, failing at that. I hated mm. it. Got fired, just got married, just bought a house. So I went and waited tables during the day and I worked mm. for free for half the day, which nobody would work for free today. Mm. I worked mm -hmm. for free for half a day to learn the business. And I talked to wow. me and back of me on a restaurant. Hmm. So they wrote a million dollar check, 
never opened a restaurant, never ran a restaurant. I didn't know anything, mm-hmm. but I figured, you know, just learn from other people, work hard, turned it into $3 million a year business. A third mm-hmm. of it was catering. Yeah. So I started teaching restaurant owners how to get into catering, Yeah. you know, how to put together a menu, how to do your marketing, four walls, marketing, all this. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of followers, a lot of newsletter subscribers, big email lists. And then when I sold my restaurant, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to build a catering software platform for restaurants. Mm. And it just, I bootstrapped it, turned down a hundred thousand dollars for first couple of months Mm -hmm. because I didn't want a partner and I didn't know what I was doing Yeah, and just kept reinvesting back. And now we do full service drop off and we're about to do party room, private party room, booking software. Mm. So literally anything that's sort of in the catering event space, our software can do. And we just launched mobile order taking. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like, you know, the big key word last year besides COVID was pivot, right? Yeah. Everyone had to learn how to pivot their business. Yeah. Well, I've been pivoting my whole life. It's like, yeah. what's what's next? Yeah. What do your customers want? What do you mm-hmm. see coming down the pike mm-hmm. that would benefit my customers? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the great companies are not the same ones they were five years ago, right? Yeah. They're, they're always destroying what they have, reinventing, so that's sort of how I got here. Yeah. What do you think restaurant owners can do to step into the innovation, like the pivoting side of it? Because it seems like, I, you know, I meet with a lot of restaurant owners and sometimes, you know, they've been doing it for a certain way for, you know, 20, 30 years. And there's a certain sometimes feeling that they want to, that they're waiting for that to come back. Right. And they're not, maybe they well, didn't do any catering before and now they yeah. don't know if they want to do any now. But so I think you have two buckets. You have the buckets, what I call the um, the institutions. Mm-hmm. Like in every city, there's an institution. They don't have to yeah. change. They look the same. They look 50 years ago. It's where, yeah. you know, your grandparents went, your parents went. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the rendezvous in Memphis, you know, I started going there in high school. My kids were weaned on that mm-hmm. place. They're mm-hmm. now in their, you know, mid-20s. That's a place we go. And I'm sure when they have kids, they'll go. Rendezvous hasn't changed. It's the same mm-hmm. decor, same everything, right? Mm-hmm. Now they've they've evolved a little bit, but in essence, they haven't had to change because they're an institution. Yeah, like you know, like a Carnegie Deli or yeah. you know whatever. Right, right. That that is like saying I'm Michael Jordan. There's mm-hmm. not that many of them. Right. The rest of them have to be looking for new opportunities, whether it's you know new ways to expand your footprint. The, the challenge with the restaurant businesses is. You go and invest this immense amount of capital in a location, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you don't buy it, you're renting it, you have to do the build out, you have to furnish it, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to train everybody, develop the menu. There's a lot. And so most of your customers come from within three miles, right? So Mm -hmm. if you pick the wrong location, the crowd changes like it used to be a good part of town to live in. Now it's a little bit shadier. Mm-hmm. Well, now I could flip the other way. Hey, when I moved here, it wasn't a great part of town, but now yeah. it's turning and now it's better. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to go up and down based on population. Mm-hmm. So the better ones are figuring out, Hey, what are other ways we can monetize our brand? Mm-hmm. You know, can we offer delivery? Can we do family meal deals? Can we do catering? Mm-hmm. You know, can we open up an outlet in the airport? Mm-hmm. You know, can we expand party, private party room business? Mm-hmm. Um, should we be trying to sell more gift certificates? Mm-hmm. You know, there's just all these little answers. Can we get in the grocery business? Can mm-hmm. we be in wholesale? Mm-hmm. You know, there's all these potentials you can, if you have a good brand and a good product. Yeah. 
So you've got to think, you know, where's my low hanging fruit, you know, Mm. and then take it from there. How do you determine whether you're one of those brands that doesn't have to change or one that should? Well, you know, because you're, (laughs) you're covered up all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, if you're an institution, Yeah. you know, you go to, um, what's it called in new Orleans is something grill. It's just got a bunch of counter. I mean, they're an institution. They're Mm -hmm. busy. Every time you look, there's a way to get in, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know your institution. If you're right. dead, you're not an institution. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about, you know, I was reading through your bio, you created this software. How did you decide that you wanted to build a software for the restaurant space after being in it for three years, I guess, building that company to $3 million in revenue? So I remember years ago, Inc. Magazine, like I was sort of a freak as a teenager. Yeah. And in college, like, you know, a lot of kids, they would play sports or they were into sports. They knew all the statistics. Like I didn't give a shit about sports. That was not my thing. I would sit and read business books and do fake pro formas on Mm. businesses. I was always, I was all, I I subscribed to Inc. Magazine. Like, you know, that was my hobby was learning about business. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was this guy, don't remember the guy's name, but he wrote an article and he talked about intellectual property. Like, you know, when you write a book, the first copy cost a lot of money, right? Because you had to write mm-hmm. the book. Yeah. Well, the second copy cost $4 because that's the cost of printing it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with software. The first version of the software cost a lot of money. Yeah. But every additional cost nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was like send it to you on disk. Yeah. Then it was downloaded off the web. Now it's web-based. Yeah. So for me to double my subscribers, like if twice as many people showed up tomorrow out of nothing, it doesn't cost me very much to add them on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like intellectual property, mm-hmm. whereas every time you make a hamburger, yeah, you got to go find a cow, mm-hmm. buy the patty, cook yeah. it, right? Yeah. So I like the the metrics. I also like the fact that software is once you learn how to use it, you know, I'm not calling up Bill Gates every day saying, hey, how do I do this formula in Excel? Mm-hmm. Once you know how to use it, the support's gone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I like the business model and it was just the the what's next the what next so mm-hmm. i started off just doing public speaking and going around to cisco houses and us foods and gfs and speaking at the national restaurant association pizza expo different places and i would sell three ring binders of how, mm-hmm. you know how to build your sales how to build your catering sales mm-hmm. and so it just became i had this coaching consulting business and i started to see the problem with that is you're always having to find new people to follow you right mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's like, hey, I've heard everything Michael has to say for the last two years. I'm going to go yeah. find another guru. Right, right. Well, if you use software that you got to have, mm-hmm. you never turn it off. Like, mm-hmm. you know, let's just say your cell phone. If mm-hmm. all the three major carriers doubled their fees overnight, mm-hmm. you're not turning it off. You're going to come up with the money, right? You got to yeah. have it. Yeah. You're not going to say, well, now my phone bill's 200 a month. I'm mm-hmm. giving on my phone. <laughs> no, you've you got to have it. So yeah. the more reliant somebody is on using your solution, the less likely they are to leave you, right? Mm-hmm. So a high lifetime value where food, hey, I, I could like your, your cooking, right? You got an Italian restaurant, love it. And three months from now, I get tired of it. Somebody else came in. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. eaten Italian for three months. Maybe I want Chinese, sushi, steak, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Well, with software, you know, there's certain tools you use in your business. Mm-hmm. You're not going to turn it off. You need yeah. it. Yeah. So it's just, I like the business model. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Uh, what are some of the key principles you think a restaurant can 
um, deploy now, now that we're, you know, hopefully at the end of a pandemic, maybe, maybe not, especially with this new variant that we have. But what are some of the things that just out of the gate restaurants can start doing to really increase their catering business? Well, I think the first thing is your mindset, Mm -hmm. right? Because everybody, you know, it's funny. I I did a consultation with a middle school. Hmm. A friend of mine is head of a middle school and says, I don't understand. We have a better, we have better education than these other schools. I said, well, you're making the mistake of thinking people buy on quality. You know, I I can't tell you how many restaurants would say, oh, I don't understand. McDonald's is busier than me and their food sucks, right? Mm -hmm. Or fill in the blank with national change. Right. Well, people don't go someplace just for quality, right? Maybe mm-hmm. I go to McDonald's because I can put my kids in a ball pit and they're not going to die and I can just sit and relax for an hour while they play. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I go there because they're going to eat that food and they like the toy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Don't make a mistake just because your your product or service is better yeah. you know, or cheaper that people mm-hmm. are going to do business with you. So everybody in the food business sort of starts from, I'm a foodie. I love this great food. I'm creating this great food. Mm-hmm. You got to be a seller of the great food. Mm-hmm. And so I never considered myself a restaurant person, more a business person that owned a restaurant. Yeah. So, and the first thing you got to do when you wake up in the morning, you got to sell it. Yeah. Whether you sell people coming back to eat with you one more time, upselling, cross selling, getting them to use your catering services. So you need to become an expert in sales and marketing. So that's the first thing. So once you have the, then the next thing is, who do you want to sell to? Mm-hmm. Low hanging fruit, right? So if you come into my restaurant for barbecue every Friday with your office, you might not know that I have a private party room. You might not know that I do catering that's drop off. So if you have a, a, a team training, mm-hmm. you might not know that I can do your rehearsal dinner or your wedding because I got a truck and I can roll, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you need to let those people who love you and your raving fans know. So that's four walls marketing, that's flyers, that's table tents, washroom signs, um, message on hold, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because those people know you, they're more, more likely to, to use you and refer you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you can start going after the niches directly, right? Mm-hmm. So if you do, if you specialize in rehearsal dinners or weddings, start networking where the brides are, are shopping, mm-hmm. you know, and try to get that business. Yeah. Maybe you do company picnics, start networking with HR, mm-hmm. right? They're mm-hmm. SHRM, Society of Human Resource Managers. Yeah. Maybe you sponsor one of their meals. Maybe you get a list of those people. Yeah. Maybe you get on LinkedIn and I want everybody in Nashville that's in human resources that has 50 or more employees offer yeah. to bring them free lunch. Right. I learned that in third grade. I was selling world's finest chocolate covered almonds. I'm a third grader. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. I bought a box and knock on your door and say, hello, Mr. Keith. I'm selling world's chocolate, world's finest chocolate covered almonds. Here, try one. Mm-hmm. You'd eat one and you either feel guilty and bought, bought a box mm-hmm. or you loved it and you bought a box. So feeding yeah. people, look at Costco. How much food is sold at Costco? Mm-hmm. When yeah. grandma is, she is doing a sample of something, they're going to sell double or triple right mm-hmm. yeah it's the same thing you're going to do more if you if you sample your food yeah mm-hmm. so these are all it's adopting that mindset and doing the low-hanging fruit yeah and then when you can afford to hire a salesperson to go out there and really beat the streets for you is there a typical number that you looked at when you ran your restaurant is like if i can grow this piece of the business this yeah great question yeah i think I think that you should be doing at least, if you're going to be in the catering space, you should mm-hmm. be doing at least 10% of yourself in catering. 
Oh, okay. Got it. That's a good rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing to keep in mind is every time you cater, it's free advertising, right? Mm-hmm. So I go out and I do a party at your house. It's, you know, it's a surprise birthday party for your mom, right? Mm-hmm. And there's going to be 100 people there. Well, I just mm-hmm. got petty to feed 100 people that if they love my food, some of them are going to come mm-hmm. back. Where's that from? Man, that's yeah. great. We're going to go try them out. Mm-hmm. You know, Google doesn't pay you to advertise. Yeah, right. You know, radio, TV, none of that stuff does. Yelp, catering pays you to advertise. Yeah. When you're at that catering event like that and you have all those people there that are trying your food, is there anything else other than the food being great that you should pay attention to to make sure that they, you know, take action on something in terms of like a call to action? Well, you definitely want to make sure the table and everything, whatever you set up looks really professional. Yeah. Branded napkins, cups, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 have had signs that we put out catering provided by Corky's Barbecue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In some atmospheres, like let's say it's a factory setting or a distribution center, you might yeah. put out some flyers to get people to come back in the restaurant. But if yeah. I'm doing your mo- your mom's you know, yeah. surprise birthday party, it's a little tacky to promote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Okay, yeah. So you got to know your audience and and then get permission, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Okay. Now I know your software offers delivery. Uh, settings in terms of being able to track the driver where they're at and things like that, which is a great feature, especially for, um, you know, restaurant owners wanting to know where their, where their delivery drivers are and for people to know where their order is. What's the right approach to deciding whether you're going to do delivery or not, if you are doing catering? Uh, You've got to just determine that for yourself. Yeah. You know, Yeah. I think the more you can control, the better. But I know a lot of people are going through the third-party marketplaces and they're mm-hmm. just contracting out their drivers so they're not dealing with insurance and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not in the legal financial insurance business, so you would need to talk with your insurance yeah. agent and say, hey, what yeah. happens if I hire independent contractors? We hired a career service mm-hmm. and we just paid them and whatever they charged us. And they hired independent contractors to drive for them. Mm-hmm. So, okay. and some people just hire like stay at home moms. They want to get out for a couple hours, make a few bucks retirees, you know, where they can make that beer money. Yeah. Maybe you give them a sandwich, you know, as part of the compensation to make the yeah. delivery. Yeah. But again, I don't know what the insurance ramifications of that are and, um, you know, how that would, how that would be affected. Okay. Gotcha. Um, one question that I have, you know, we started this show to be able to provide some insights for restaurant owners, business owners to, um, you know, answer some of their questions as they're evaluating these types of decisions, whether they're going to pick up a software or not. What are some of the questions they should have, you know, or requirements they should have as they're looking at a software uh, to potentially run their catering business on? Well, I think it all boils down to pain points. Yeah. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So where are you, where are you having problems? People need to be doing a hundred thousand a year in catering to really want our software mm-hmm. because otherwise they can manage with paper, pen, spreadsheets. Yeah. Right mm-hmm. now we do have online ordering available. Mm-hmm. So if they need that, that's less expensive and they're tired of paying the third parties or going through the third parties. Yeah. But you know, where's your pain point, right? Yeah. Hey, I got all these customers and I can't keep up with them and know anything about them. Or every time they call, I got to ask them information mm. or, Hey, I need to be able to put together proposals quickly or, Hey, I got five orders going on Friday. I got to sit there and add up all my food needs where I could just press a button, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I got 
average five deliveries a lunch and I need to be able to route them, get them to the driver and have it all managed through there. Yeah. So it's like, we're, you know, we just launched mobile, um, order taking, maybe you need a way to take orders on your smartphone that end up in the software. So whether you're in line to pick up your kid from school, you're sending a soccer game, you're in the walk-in cooler, counting tomatoes, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, you know, our software, you know, should be able to make your life easier. Yeah. Okay. Because if you're not in pain, you're not going to make a change, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Or yeah, it's definitely a pain point. Or if you're, you know, you have a strong desire to, to build a better business and you want to have something that can help you along the way. Is there anything else about the software that you want to highlight in terms of how businesses are currently using it? Some of the features maybe you've added uh, during the pandemic that have been key? Um, we've come up with more uh, extensive delivery rules. So like mm-hmm. limiting delivery zones or, hey, we have the special menu we deliver to this community center on, on Monday. So you have to order by Friday and we only deliver on Mondays or mm-hmm. maybe as opposed to time, you want a day part or no time. So, hey, I'm picking up my Thanksgiving food on Wednesday. It doesn't matter when I pick it up. It's cold. Yeah. Come anytime. So we mm-hmm. don't put a time, right? doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. delivery management, mobile order taking. Um, we're about to do private party room bookings. So we have, you know, proposals, electronic signature contracts, keeping up with deposits. So yeah. there's all these things to help you run your events, mm-hmm. BEOs. So the blueprint of an event, if you're doing full service event, printing labels to put on packaging, yeah. you know, there's just literally it just runs your whole business. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, we'll definitely be adding your contact information to the show notes where people can uh, not only hear the interview, but also contact you, reach out to, to Caters in as well. And some awesome. of the resources that you provided um, to us that we can share. Um, with yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So and where I think uh, we're happy to give everybody a 15 minute consult and give them access to our members only website that has a lot of great marketing materials that they can just modify and use for themselves. Thank you so much for being on the show, Dan. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Keith. Good to see you. Yep, you too. Take care. You too.